The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use your promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off active until the Eagles or Giants lose their next game. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it again? Welcome, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday afternoon here to talk about NFL Week 7, the afternoon games. If you haven't already, listen to Jay Mark and um, Ryan talk about the morning games on NFL Week 7. Make sure to check out that podcast. But joining me to talk about the PM games on NFL Week 7, it's my main man, Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, long time no talk, my man. What's going on? Yep, doing pretty well. Nice to see you again. Uh, haven't seen you in about, I don't know, three hours or so. But for the uh, NFL show, about that. Yeah. I was going to say, for the NFL show, it's been, well, about what I forgot. You were on last week or you were not on last week? Before? I was on last week. I think it was a previous week. You okay. and Rod did it together. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's been about a week. Have you been? Yeah. Uh, pretty good. NFL's been all right. Um, Sides have been better than uh, player props, I'll say that much, at least for this season. But I know you and I got to talk about the Bills and Chiefs game last week. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, other than that, NFL season's been pretty good. What about you? Yeah, same here. It got off to a bit of a slow start. I believe I went 7-0 and this past week, so that's nice. Uh, lost on Thursday night with the uh, Washington game because, I mean, that game was just awful from start to finish. But after that, it was a good Sunday, good Monday can't really complain hopefully we keep it rolling yeah hopefully we can keep it rolling another four games on the afternoon schedule including the sunday night football game which i believe is the steelers and the miami dolphins we'll get into that another uh a good a pretty great game this uh afternoon involving the kansas city chiefs and the san francisco 49ers we'll get into that as well scott let's just dive right into it man uh, the first game on the schedule, it's going to be a 4.05 Eastern start time between my Houston Texans heading to America's Playground, Las Vegas, to take on the Raiders. Currently seeing over on win bet, uh, the Raiders are a seven-point road favorite. Sorry, home favorite. Um, total is sitting at 45.5 in this game. Money line, minus 310 for the Raiders and plus 250 for the Houston Texans. Uh, I believe both of these teams are coming off of buys uh, in previous week six. Uh, take a look at the injury report here for both of these teams. Let's start with the visiting team, the Houston Texans. Uh, looking at their injury report, uh, Chris Moore, wide receiver, is questionable. Defensive end Jerry Hughes is also questionable. Uh, Malik Collins, also questionable. Defensive tackle and Brevin Jordan, tight end, did return to practice on Wednesday for the Texans and Nico Collins is also questionable. He was a limited participant 
in practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with a wrist and Achilles uh, injury. So hopefully those guys are able to go for the Houston Texans. Looking at the Raiders uh, injury report, I'm currently seeing uh, pretty clean for them. Uh, cornerback Anthony Everett was put on the IR. He's dealing with a, I'm sorry, he's actually returning um, from being on the IR. He was designated to return from injured reserve on Wednesday for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Mac Hollins uh, was also limited in practice on Wednesday for the Raiders. And Darren Waller was not practicing as of Wednesday as he deals with a hamstring issue. And backup tight end, or second tight end, I guess we can say, Foster Moreau is also limited in practice as of Wednesday. He is dealing with a knee issue. Uh, Scott, both of these teams coming off of their buys. One note that I did see about the Raiders uh, coming off of the bye, I believe over their last five uh, bye weeks, coming into that next game, they are 0-5 or 0-4 against the spread. I'll double-check that note here. But uh, touchdown favorite here for the Raiders. How are you feeling about this game? So it's pretty rare, at least selectively recalling teams that are against each other off a bye for both sides. Mm -hmm. I don't really recall seeing it that often. But for this one... The thing is, the Raiders have a terrible record, but you look at all their games, and there are a lot of heartbreaking losses in there. Yeah. And the Texans, no offense to your team, but they're uh, bad. I think. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not very good. No. However, it is seven points, and I think Lovey Smith's been okay this season as a coach. Like they're not sure. very talented, but they try. And the Raiders have McDaniel's, <laughs> who finds ways to blow games they should win. So I feel like for this one, I'm actually going to take the points. I think seven sounds like where it should be. I don't like either defense, but I think – am I wrong for thinking that the Texans' defense is actually a bit underrated? Can I say that? I mean, last season they were one of the worst in the league, if not actually the worst in the league. So only direction that they could go was up for this Texans team. But, yeah, I mean, look, they added some playmakers in the offseason. And, you know, I Stingley's think – good too. Stingley has been very good. I was going to mention that they're third overall pick there. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's been improvements on this defense for sure. I think that they can run the ball against the Raiders. Uh, Raiders are decent against the run, statistically speaking, but Pierce has been very solid. And Mills, he's had turnover issues, but I think there are worse quarterbacks out there. Maybe it's just me, but I'm going to take the points. I feel like people are going to consider just blindly taking the Raiders because the Texans stink. If you want to lay seven points with McDaniels, have fun. That can't be me. I'm not doing that. So I like the over in the game. I, I don't really like either defense that much. I just think Houston's defense is an underrated unit, but I like the offense for both sides in terms of matchups, and I think you'll end up seeing points. I think the Raiders win the game. I'm not picking the Texans to win outright, but I like the fact they only allowed six points to Jacksonville right before the bye. So Mm -hmm. maybe they found something defensively that can carry over. Give me the points. I'm not laying this with McDaniels. Yeah. um, Quick note, Raiders are 0-5 against the spread in their last five games following a bye week, so I think that's something worth – considering also Raiders 0-4 against the spread versus a team with a losing record. So, yeah, I think seven is too many here, Scott. And I'm not trying to be a homer here, but I think you, what you said about Josh McDaniels, so just first year or not, first, I guess we can say first year head coach after his first with time the, this decade, first yeah. year coach this decade. Yeah, there you go. Uh, when he was with the Denver Broncos. But, yeah, I think that the Texans, they're not laying down, right? You mentioned that the defense is improved as uh, from last year. Um, Damian Pierce has just been an absolute beast for them. I think, like you mentioned, they're going to be able to run the football here. And they'll also be able to build off of the play-action pass uh, with Davis Mills, who's been, I guess, 
comparable, I guess, or, or uh, good enough. He's been enough. fine. I mean, the, the, yeah. the turnovers have been a bit annoying for Texans yeah. fans, but Lovey Smith has gotten his team to play hard. And if you're going to give me seven against a Raiders team that either doesn't focus for a full 60 or isn't fully prepared for a full 60, whichever one you believe it is, point mm-hmm. is, I think the Texans could find a way to backdoor cover this. They yeah. could find a way to just cover throughout. I think this game's surprisingly close late. I still think the Raiders are going to win, but yeah. I think they'll win by like four. I see a close game. Yeah, I think this is a great teaser leg if you uh, want to yeah. tease the Razor, uh, Raiders uh, down to a minus one on a six-point teaser. Yeah, I agree with, with you about the uh, over in this game. Texans defense, you mentioned, I've been improved, but I, you know, they're still successful to giving up points. And Raiders, I, I think that they can take advantage uh, with Devontae Adams, and if yeah. healthy, they have Darren Waller out there as well. Um, and again, Texans offensively, they've been able to move the ball down the field, whether it's been with Damian Pierce or whether it's been with uh, Nico Collins and even Braden Cooks, who's just been so consistent for the Texans. So, yeah, I love the over in this game uh, as well. I'm trying to find some trends. I know I saw them earlier, but um, do you have any player props you like for this game or anything else? I was going to say that I just want to look at the past defenses for these teams. And even though we like Stingley, Texans are allowing 260.6 passing yards per game. Mm-hmm. Raiders are allowing 269.8. You yeah. should see a decent amount of big plays. I don't mind a Cook's longest reception prop, maybe sure. even for yards. But I do think what, from what we've seen up to this point, the Raiders secondary, which I thought would be awful, is not surprisingly awful because they don't really have great personnel. Mm-hmm. And I think Cooks, who has a receiving yards a number of 61.5, I think that he should end up having a pretty long catch in there. I'm assuming his longest catch will be somewhere around – uh, what do you think? Like 19 and a half, maybe like somewhere around there. I see 21 and a half actually. <laughs> okay. I still like the over there. I, I really think that he's going to get loose for one of these. And we know that Mills is not afraid to target him down the field. I'm also looking at Adams and Stingley's a great corner. I'm not sure he's ready for Adams. Oh, Adams no. is 79 and a half. Yeah. It's a little bit low. Yeah. I think Adams probably goes for a hundo here. Yeah. This is going to the game. I think we see where, we see Devontae Adams of what we saw in two previous games this season where he did have 100-plus yards, right? I think it might be – it will be against this Texans team. Uh, you know, like we mentioned, that defense is improved, but it's not – I don't think it's even a uh, league average yet. But, yeah, you mentioned these two past defenses. Uh, yards per completion allowed Texans are number 27 out of 32 teams and the Las Vegas Raiders number 20 out of 32 teams. So definitely – um, some more indications about we may see big plays in this game as well as points being put up in this game as well. Um, any other player props or anything else you want to mention for this game before we get over to the next one? I was thinking about maybe taking some type of passing prop there with Mills either for yards at 230 and a half or mm-hmm. even interception at minus 120. I mean, the Raiders secondary isn't good, but Mills has been a little bit turnover prone so far this season yeah. as he has already thrown four picks. So I do think there might be some value there. But I do think the passing yards is kind of interesting at 230 and a half because, once again, the Raiders are allowing 269-plus passing yards per game. And Mills, I understand that recently he had the very, very underwhelming game against Jacksonville. They won the game. He had 140. But he had 246 against the Chargers. He had 245 against the Bears. And he had 240 against the Colts. I do think they could air it out a little bit in this game. So sure. maybe Mills for passing yards. I just think 230 and a half sounds a little bit low since the Raiders' defense is that bad, and since we expect some big plays, they might get a lot of possessions. 
Yeah, I was just looking up at the interception prop for uh, actually both of these quarterbacks. Davis Mills over half is at minus 120, and Derek Carr over half is at minus 110. I think I'm more Uh, interested in the Mills one than the Carr one, but still, minus 120 is pretty good because Mills has been a little bit careless with the football. Yeah. All right, before we keep it moving here, let me tell you guys about where you can get down on these bets. That's over on WinBet. Thinking of joining WinBet? Well, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Looking to join WinBet's biggest winner's club? Well, whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week's winner of the biggest winner's club was a New York better who hit a 150-to-1 parlay on all live money line wagering. His $110.40 wager won him $16,743.56. WinBet is truly hashtag DGENs only. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game on the schedule. It's going to be the New York Jets, a surprising New York Jets, your team headed to the Mile High City to take on the Denver Broncos. Thank God this is not on prime time, Scott, but currently seeing. The Denver Broncos are a short one-point favorite here at home. Total is set at a very low 38 points. I'm currently seeing the money lines at even money for the Jets, and the Denver Broncos are minus 120 on the money line. Looking at the injury report for both of these squads, let's start with the road team here, the New York Jets. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, defensive end, is questionable. Uh, Jets head coach Robert Sala said that Johnson's ankle is, Will probably was probably won't be able to play in Sunday's game against the Broncos, but he could be available in week eight against the Patriots. Uh, Braxton Berrios uh, dealing with a back issue. He's all officially listed as questionable, was a limited participant in practice on Thursday. Uh, offensive tackle Dwayne Brown remains questionable. Um, and that is pretty much it for the Jets. Take a look at the Denver Broncos. Uh, Russell Wilson. We saw the report that came out about his shoulder. Looks like I think that got repaired, but he's now dealing with a hamstring issue. And he was a limited participant on Thursday for the Denver Broncos. Other than that, Scott, pretty clean there for the Denver Broncos. Um, I, for one, I would admit that I am very surprised to see how well this Jets team is doing. I'm not sure. I know you are the fan. I'll let you expand on it more here. But uh, Denver, one-point favorite, hosting the New York Jets here. What do you think? I mean, Jets are going to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, it's pretty simple. No, I mean, I thought that this team would go over their win total. I believe they were actually the most bet over team at five so. and a half. Right. And you looked at the overall draft. We, I feel like everybody loved their draft, just consensus wise. The first yeah. round was incredible. Johnson, you said, might not play. He slid all the way into the 20s. They traded back up to get him. Uh, they end up getting Brees Hall in the second, and they're getting Sauce Gardner. Gardner's incredible. I mean, I think he's a top five corner in the league already. If you just watch him play, guy's absolutely nuts. He's Revis mm-hmm. 2.0. But still, there's a really a lot to like about the Jets defensively. Offensively, Brees Hall's been good. I know that Elijah Moore took an off day today for a personal reason, so I'm actually not sure if he's going to play on Sunday. We'll see what exactly is happening. That's more private, so we don't exactly know what the story is. 
he was kind of also a non-factor for the last couple, pretty much all season long. So I'm not sure if this was a family issue. Point is, he might. I don't know what his status is, but I don't know how much it matters. Uh, we know Garrett Wilson's been very good. Uh, mm-hmm. Corey Davis has been solid as well. Conklin's been a good tight end. The offensive line's been a lot better than people expected. The main issue with the Jets is Zach Wilson, because even though they've won games, I don't think he's looked very good in a decent amount of these games. He had the very nice fourth quarter against the Steelers. That's basically it. I don't think he's really done much besides that. But you're looking at Denver, and this team is awful. And they're injured on both sides of the ball. I know, for example, their leading tackler, Jewel, didn't play last week. I'm not sure what his status is for this game. Is he active, or is he still injured? Uh, Let me take a look here. Uh, I don't see him on the injury report. I know he didn't play last game, so he might be back, but you're still missing bowls on the offensive line. You're still missing a lot of pieces there. And Wilson, in addition to the shoulder issue, also has a hamstring issue. Is there a chance he doesn't play? Maybe. I think he's going to play. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing because the Broncos haven't exactly (laughs) liked what they've seen so far from Wilson. But we saw him go 10 for 10 in the first quarter. And then for the final three, for the what, the entire second half, he had three completions? Pretty much, yeah. That's exactly what it was. But the Jets defense just shut down Aaron Rodgers. I know that the Packers' weapons aren't that good, but the Broncos stink. Like, Mm -hmm. this line opened up as Jets plus three. I was shocked, and now it's basically a pick Yeah, I'm taking the Jets. I'm not really going to overthink this one. The Jets, I think, will do enough with the ground game in the second half. Hall and Carter, very underrated running back tandem. And I actually Mm -hmm. think, statistically speaking, the best secondary in the league this season, or the best cornerback tandem, has been Reed and Gardner. It's been the best according to pretty much every metric you can look at. So I think they'll shut down Sutton. I think they'll shut down Judy. And I mean, I don't even know if Melvin Gordon's going to play because, you know, they benched him. Apparently they had a heart to heart and now Gordon's going to play. Yeah, sure. The the point is there's a lot of sideshow stuff going on with Hackett and he also can't coach. At least Salah's got his team motivated and they're actually optimistic about their chances this season for the first time. And I don't know how long. I'm taking the Jets. I think they'll win a very ugly game, like 20 to 10, something like that. Yeah, I think this is going to be an ugly win, um, I think, for either team. And would it shock you if I said, well, you already know this probably, but three out of the four Jets win so far actually come on the road. They're 3-0 and on the road so far this season. Um, and you mentioned, you know, the, the, the cornerback positions, the secondary has been absolutely brilliant. For the New York Jets, the running back tandem of Michael Carter and Brees Hall has been absolutely fantastic. I don't think they've needed uh, Zach Wilson to be brilliant. I mean, he's had. I'm just saying he has has not looked good when I've watched him play, but they win anyway. And I imagine if they did have a legitimate or at least an average quarterback uh, with this New York Jets team. And, you know, it seems like they just really bought into Robert Sala's, you know, defensive game planning and in the schemes that they're running there. And it's that's translated for them. To victories, you kind of take a look at what's their what's uh, at least their schedule there over the last three games 24 20 victory over the the Pittsburgh Steelers, 40 to 17. I know that was without both uh Teddy Bridgewater and um uh, Tua. But Bridgewater or, played one play, it yeah. was an intentional grounding safety, and then he didn't yeah. play again after that, yeah. And those are the games like when you're down to the third string quarterback that you should yeah. win, mm-hmm. and they went out and did that right. And last week, with impressive victory. The defense, the special teams is absolutely brilliant for the uh, New York Jets. So, yeah, I think exciting times for Jets fans for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't do it with this Denver Broncos team, man. I mean, we've watched them, I don't know how many games now on prime time. Short week, too, because they yeah. played on Monday. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm. I really like what you mentioned about this defense, right? And we've seen it that this defense has been playing well. Um, and I just Russell Wilson just has not been good. <laughs> I mean, I think there's no better way to put it. Um, so I, I'm bought into this Jets team. I think you kind of got to ride the uh, ride the hot hand here. Uh, ride the. I think the almost. The, I guess we could say maybe the better defense. Or do you think these are both defenses that are? Uh, I think right next to each other. Do you think the Jets defense is better or the Broncos? I think both defenses are elite. I think if you're asking me which defense I would prefer at full strength, it would probably be Denver okay? because I do like their pass rush a bit more. Yeah, I know Williams has been incredible on the interior, but still, I do like that Broncos defensive line. The only concern is the injuries. We saw Darby's out for the year. He was a pretty valuable corner for that team. Uh, Jewel didn't play last game. I think he might be back, but he's their leading tackler. The Broncos are really just extremely hurt right now. And if you look yeah. at their injury report, it's a it's long, long list of names. It really is. The Jets don't have that many. So I'll take the healthier team in better form. And even though it's on the road, as you said before, the Jets are undefeated on the on the road. Mm-hmm. And we saw the Broncos lose at home to the Colts in yeah. overtime without scoring a touchdown. So I'm going to yeah. go with the Jets. Denver could win if Wilson's just really awful with the ball security. Truth is either Wilson. I think if Zach Wilson is awful with the ball security, the Jets can find a way to lose this game. If Wilson struggles, the Jets will win the game. So I like the under, even though it's a low total. But give me the Jets to eventually find a way on the ground to lead them to a victory. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jets defense, especially defensively, has been – I'm sorry, uh, Jets uh, rush defense has been really good throughout the season so far. And Denver – I uh, think they're a little below our league average as far as allowing uh, yards per rush attempt mm-hmm. to the opposition. But over the last three weeks, they've allowed 130.3 yards on the ground uh, Are the, have the Denver Broncos. So now you have, like we mentioned, Brees Hall and Michael Carter coming in here who have been you know, really good so far for the Jets. So I do like the Jets here as well. Uh, and I love the under as well. I, I can't bring myself to betting over for uh, how bad this Broncos offense has been and how – Bad, they've struggled, especially in the red zone uh, thus far this season. Um, Scott, any player props you're looking at in this game? Uh, for the player props, it's going to be mostly unders <laughs> for players. I'm sure. um, looking at Sutton under. Uh, Sutton did absolutely nothing against the Chargers, and a big reason why the offensive line's completely shot and yeah. they didn't really have time to develop much down the field. And now he's got a trip to Gardner Island, and uh, yeah, a lot of people have been lost in the sauce so far this season. So I think I think that you're going to see Sutton struggle. I don't want to take any running back props for Denver because I don't know who the hell is getting the snaps. Yeah. But I do think you can go with under for Wilson passing yards. Okay. The Jets game plan should really be to run the damn ball. And we saw it yeah. against Green Bay. I want to actually pull up Wilson's uh, passing stats. I'm not sure he had 100 yards. Against Green Bay? I don't think he had 100 uh, yards. Yeah, wait, against Green Bay. Uh, he had uh, 110 yards. Yeah. And You're talking about Zach Wilson. Won- yeah, yeah. Zach Wilson, and they and yeah. it was, they co- they won comfortably. I, I just think that the secondary for Denver's good. I like this overall defense. If the Jets don't need to throw the ball, and I don't think they fully trust Wilson, they really shouldn't. No. But I think the game plan is run the ball, play field position football, and let Russell Wilson and the Broncos do stupid stuff. Yeah, that would be my game plan, wouldn't it? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, yeah, I think this is going to be an ugly game. Maybe a, like a 17-13 type of victory. I said for, 2010. Like, yeah, that's kind of what yeah. I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's, yeah, Jets and Denver. Let's get over. Well, before we move it, let me tell you guys about No House Advantage here real quick. 
If you're a props player, you need to check out No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in a pick contest versus other people for the shot at winning $250,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house in 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up with promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app in your app store and get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Ross, we're brought to you by Babbel. Look, all of us really didn't pay attention in those foreign language classes when we were in high school. It was just something for us to check off of our list, just get the credits we needed to graduate. But now we're probably regretting not learning in school. But it's never too late to start with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. And thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can finally cross learning that new language off of your list. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. So right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash SGP. That's babbel.com slash SGP for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. All right, Scott, uh, next game on the schedule, maybe one of the games of the week. It's going to be the Super Bowl rematch between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Chiefs head to the West Coast to take on the Niners. I'm currently seeing the Chiefs are a two-and-a-half-point road favorite here. Total is currently sitting at 48-and-a-half, minus 150 on the money line for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sorry, and plus 125 for the San Francisco 49ers on the money line. Let's look at the injury reports for both of these teams. Let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs here. Um, on their injury report, I'm currently seeing uh, Joe Tooney. He is questionable for this game. Um, Blake Bell was put on the IR or was on the IR, and he could return for this team after their week eight bye. Other than that, um, two guys that are in their secondary that are on the injury report, uh, Rashad Fenton and Brian Cook, a safety, are all both questionable. And then we'll head over to the San Francisco 49ers injury report. Uh, currently seeing um, Trent Williams, their offensive tackle, uh, was limited participant in practice on Wednesday. Um, Jimmy Ward, cornerback, limited participant uh, on Wednesday as well. Uh, Traverius Ward also was a non-participant in practice on Wednesday. Uh, Armstead, defensive end, questionable, did not practice on Wednesday. And Nick Bosa was a limited participant in, for, in the 49ers practice on Wednesday as well. So maybe in some form or fashion, they can get a couple of these guys back, especially on the defensive side, because they're all defensive injuries here, Scott. But rematch of the Super Bowl here uh, in uh, San Francisco. What are you thinking about this t uh, game with the San Francisco 49ers as a 
two and a half point home underdog in this game. Sorry. Um, yeah, I was on mute accidentally. Sorry about that. Uh, so Jimmy Ward might play in this game, but there is a caveat. He's going to be doing his best Ronnie Lott impression because he might be wearing a cast. And uh, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if he can actually, you know, really cover or make plays on footballs with one hand, but we're going to find out either way, but he's going to be playing. He won't be at hundred percent. So just keep that in mind. Uh, they still have other injuries uh, to their offensive line. McGlinchey didn't practice. So that's definitely a concern there. Yeah. Um, I don't think Ibukum didn't practice either, right? Uh, let me double check that. Ibukum, I think he didn't practice. Yeah, he didn't practice on Wednesday. Bunga didn't practice either, and he had the pick six against the Rams. Yeah. So they're still missing a decent amount of pieces. Now, of course, the main guys that you're paying attention to are Trent Williams and Nick Bosa and Jimmy Ward, but they're yeah. still missing a decent amount of guys, including right. one of their starting tackles. So I'm going with the Chiefs here. I get the fact that the Niners are undefeated at home, and I understand that they're getting healthier, but – We've been doing the power rankings every week for the last uh, since the start of the season, and we've mm -hmm. had the Bills at one and the Chiefs at two for about the past four weeks. Yep. And they played a 24 20 game that was very competitive, mm -hmm. and the Niners lost to the Falcons. Now, I'm not sure how much you can toss that in the garbage because they were missing a lot of guys, they're still missing pieces, and mm -hmm. I still think the Chiefs are the better team. And we saw what really is the problem with this Niners team if they fall behind early, it's difficult for them to come back because of the fact that they have to abandon the run and they have to let Garoppolo throw. And even though he had decent numbers in the last week's game, he also had two picks. Yep. And you're not going to be able to get away with that against Mahomes. Maybe you can against Mariota, but not against Mahomes. I'm yep. going with the Chiefs here. They're the healthier team. Uh, I still like how the offense played against Buffalo with the injuries to the secondary still on the defensive line. They might be missing two starting defensive linemen, maybe three. I still have to assume Mahomes finds holes in this defense and he scores enough points, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Chiefs here. I am a bit concerned, though, that their run defense was awful against Singletary in the first half. Yeah. Kind of picked up in the second half, but still, I think Wilson gets it going here on the ground. I'm still going to take the Chiefs, though. I think in a close game, I don't trust Garoppolo to make enough throws down the stretch. Give me the Chiefs in a competitive game. Give me like a 24-20 final. Yeah. I love the under in this game, though. I have to love the under. I don't know how this totals this high. The Niners don't score quickly. They have mm -hmm. to drain clock because they're going to mm -hmm. try to run the ball. And we even saw it in that real bad beat for the over last week in that Falcons-Niners game. There were seven points in the second half, and the Niners went on an eight-plus-minute drive in the fourth quarter and scored zero points. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm just saying, you're gonna have, you have one of those drives, you're screwed. I, yeah. I'm gonna go with the under. I think this total is absurd. Yeah, I mean that's the exact final score I had in my head to uh, what you just mentioned a 24-20 final. Um, and I think that it's gonna have to be on the run game for this San Francisco 49ers to stay competitive in this game. Uh, you hit the nail on the head on the handicap there that if the Chiefs get out to a let's say two position lead. They're up ten nothing or thirteen nothing or fourteen nothing. It could it's, get ugly. Yeah, it could, and and I think that's the difficult part for the San Francisco 49ers is having to trust Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the football to try to get him back in this football game. I, and I think that if they do fall behind, that the defense is going to have to come up with some type of turnover deep in their red zone where they can convert points. Or it's going to be a long day for this offense, especially for Jimmy Garoppolo if they do have to play from behind, like you mentioned. But yeah, I, I also did like the under in this game. 
it is a lot of points. The concerns, I think, also on the defensive side of the football uh, for the San Francisco uh, 49ers is alarming here. I do like the Chiefs, though, in this game at minus two and a half. I think they come in here taking care of business, um, you know, led by Patrick Mahomes. I think that, you know, Travis Kelsey will do Travis Kelsey things. And they're, they're two free agents that they brought over at the wide receiving group. They're starting to come on a little bit, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, and MBS. So I think it's taken them a couple of weeks or at least the first four to five weeks here to really, I guess, fit into this offense that the Kansas City Chiefs have. So I'm expecting them to, going forward, to look better for this Chiefs offense than they have. And it's really been that Mahomes has to rely on, you know, Clyde Edward-Alaire and Travis Kelsey for the most part. So, yeah, defensive concerns, especially the injuries, are huge for the San Francisco 49ers. I would probably look at some running back props uh, for this game for the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe Jeff Wilson Jr. over on his rushing yards. I'm currently seeing that at 57 and a half, and maybe even Debo a sprinkle in there. He's only at 17 and a half in this game here, Scott. But player props for this game? Yeah, I have Wilson in my fantasy team, so I got to contemplate if I want to actually use him in my flex or not because he had seven carries and a fumble last yeah. week, but they have to run the ball. Mm-hmm. We saw the Chiefs get manhandled up front for about two quarters against the against the Bills, and they don't run the ball well at all. Yeah. So I think the Niners should, assuming Williams is back, just run it behind him the entire time and hope, Wolsey, and hope uh, Wilson goes for 100 yards. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I like the over there for rushing yards. There is one receiving yard prop that I like for a fullback, actually. It's mm-hmm. going to be Kyle Juszczyk. Okay. And if you look at his number, it's currently 11 and a half at minus mm-hmm. 115. To go through the last four games, he had 24 yards, 35 yards, 27 yards, and 33 yards. Now, against Denver and the and the Rams, he had one catch, but mm-hmm. each of them went for 24 yards and 35 yards, respectively. So the point is, he has a couple of big completions or receptions, and then the last two weeks, he's had at least two catches, and... Get four catches last week. So if the yeah. Niners get blown out, Juice Check actually gets targeted a bit. Yeah. And I do think even if they don't, they throw a screen pass to him on occasion, which tends to go for a decent amount of yards. I think 11 and a half is too low on principle because the Niners actually use a fullback a decent amount of the time. Yeah. And he's had 24 plus receiving yards in each of the last four games. I just think 11 and a half is too low. Yeah. I mean, even throughout the last four weeks, uh, one catch has gotten it done for him. Yeah. Eight, yeah, long of 18, 35, and 24. So maybe, again, you're only probably looking at maybe one catch for him to pick up a first down and a little extra there, or, or you know, 12 yards to, for him to he can get that done in one catch uh, for sure. Um, anything else for this game you like, Scott, before we get over to the Sunday Night Football game? I'm contemplating if I want to take a shot here with Garoppolo interception because if the game flow goes well for the Chiefs, mm-hmm. he's definitely going to throw one. It, it's going to happen. But if the Niners can actually run the ball and they keep the game very close and maybe even win the game, then Garoppolo is probably attempting what, like less than 20 passes? If it goes, yeah, game script, if they're able to run the ball effectively, I wouldn't be surprised to see. I would be surprised to see more than what, 20, yeah, 20, 22 pass attempts for Garoppolo in this game. Yeah, so I feel like game script's a big piece of it because I want to take the under on Garoppolo passing yards at 249 and a half. Okay. But I am concerned about the Chiefs potentially blowing them out. Yeah, I think it's a great spot for the Chiefs to come out after losing a very competitive game at home to the best team in the league and to just absolutely dominate from start to finish. So that's kind of what scares me. Yeah. That yardage hold does seem a little bit high because mm-hmm. in order for Garoppolo to go over, they need to get blown out because they're, yeah. they're going to want to run the ball. That's right. a given. So I think I'm leaning under to the Garoppolo thing because they were down a lot early. He ended up with like 290 and change against the Falcons. 
that was one, that was some of the worst game game script possible. So if you get anything besides that, he'll fly under. I think that number is too high. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the Mahomes at two eighty eight and a half? I think I have to like the over because the Niners are so damn good against the run. Yeah, that was but my th- whole thing as well. But then again, you're looking at how many defensive line might be mi- defensive linemen might be missing this game. And the Falcons, I believe, averaged four point was it like four six a carry last week for I the, forgot what it was, but I, I know that Bills. Huntley and LG are combined for like a hundred plus oh, yards. So Atlanta. let me look it up. They averaged at least four yards a carry last week. I want to say it was like four six, I think. If I'm not mistaken. I, I got it right here. Uh 49ers and Falcons. Let's go box score. Uh 4.2. That 40 carries for 168 yards and three different uh guys had 50 or more and that's including Marcus Mariota who had six carries for 50 yards. Yeah, he also had a touchdown. So Yeah, and a touchdown, right. I, I do think that at the end of the day the Niners should rely more on the ground game and I do think you'll end up seeing Mahomes probably air it out because the Niners defense with Bosa back should be better against the run. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it because we saw Mahomes look really sharp against the Bills defense that is very, very good. Yeah. Um yeah, I agree with that. All right. Uh let's get over to the Sunday night football game if I didn't forget any more afternoon games. Actually no I did see Seattle Seahawks headed to LA to take on the Chargers. I'm currently seeing the Chargers as a five and a half point Home favorite here. Total is sitting at 50 points in this game. Uh, money line is plus 205 for the Seattle Seahawks, and the Chargers are minus 255 on the money line. Uh, let's take a look at the injury report for both of these teams. To start with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Al Woods, defensive tackle, is questionable. He was a limited participant in practice on Wednesday. Ryan Neal, safety, questionable. With an ankle injury, limited participant in practice on Wednesday as well. Uh, Quentin Jefferson, defensive tackle, also questionable. Noah Font was also limited in practice due to an illness. Tyler Lockett uh, was questionable. He was a non-participant at Wednesday's practice due to a hamstring injury. Uh, Travis Homer was put on the IR, um, and he might be able to practice in about a, or he's been on the IR. He may be able to practice in a week or so with a ribs issue. And Trey Brown, cornerback, is officially out. Uh, for the uh, Seahawks this week. He is getting really close, according to Pete Carroll. Uh, looking at the Los Angeles Chargers here, Scott, we have Joshua Kelly running back. Knee was enlisted as a non-participant uh, on the Chargers injury report. Keenan Allen, I think we are expecting him to be back this week since he's been dealing with that hamstring issue. Uh, we saw Donald Parham left last, uh, last week's game. He is dealing with a concussion, and he did not practice. Tight end Gerald Everett, also illness, didn't practice. Joshua Palmer, wide receiver, concussion, didn't practice. And that is pretty much it. Also, Dustin Hopkins is going to be out two to four weeks, but a valiant effort from him last week to get that victory for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers in that game against the Denver Broncos. And And Bosa's still on the IR. Yeah. And uh, Slater's on the IR, and they're still missing a bunch of offensive linemen. Yeah, and Corey uh, Corey Lindsley, illness, was dealing with food poisoning as of Tuesday, but hopefully he is able to go on Sunday for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. But Scott, looking at the Chargers as a five and a half point uh, home favorite against the Seattle Seahawks here with a total of 50. Let's start with the side here. What do you like in this game? So 
I do kind of wish I knew more about the Lockett situation because mm-hmm. he's very valuable to that passing offense. Having said that, I'm taking Seattle money line. I okay. think that it's I think it's absurd that the Chargers are laying five and a half here, especially on a short week after playing Denver. We have roasted Denver for the entire season for being an awful offensive team. And you let Wilson go 10 for 10 in the first quarter. They scored 10 points. Defensively, you buckle down after that. But the Chargers aren't a good football team from what I've seen. Defensively, they've gotten better because J.C. Jackson's healthy now and they've looked a little bit sharper. But the offensive line still has problems. With Slater being out, Lindsley might not play. And we saw they didn't really target Williams much. I'm sure a lot of that had to do with Sertan. But they also couldn't really buy time in the pocket. And I think Seattle could get after the quarterback. But I like Seattle because defensively, they actually did something last week. Mm-hmm. They gave up no touchdowns. And Kingsbury might be an idiot, but still you have to play well defensively. And they did. But I like Geno. I think he's played well this season. I just think it's crazy on a short week with the Chargers team that's so injured to hell and back. They're laying five and a half. I'll pass. I'll bank on Staley to do something stupid. Give me Geno Smith again on the money line. It worked well last week because I know we yeah. both had the uh, Seahawks against the Cardinals on the yep. money line and that cashed the dog. Give me the Seahawks money line. I think this price is crazy. I I I I, I thought we would be on opposite sides of this game because I was going to take Seattle here as well, but five and a half. That's crazy. Yeah, with a team that barely been... beat the Broncos. They went to overtime against Denver. Denver sucks. Yeah, and I know it's an injury thing as well for this Los Angeles Chargers team, and maybe they get some guys back this week. But even if they do get Keenan Allen back, don't you think that he's going to be on a snap count that they don't want to re-aggravate his injury? I got to uh, assume so. Right? And, I, and, again, I know that the uh, the backfield for the uh, Seattle Seahawks has also been struggling, but Kenneth Walker – he was good. At, yeah, he looked good for this uh, Seattle uh, Seahawks backfield. And like you mentioned, Geno Smith has been playing well above expectations um, from what we've seen in the past. I think we can kind of throw the pass away what we've seen from Geno Smith. And as, as far as this season, he's been so good uh, for the Seattle Seahawks team. Um, defensively, I know it was against the Cardinals last week. But again, there's I, I don't think Justin Herbert is right. I mean, since that ribs injury he doesn't look right to me. I think he's he shouldn't be right. He's playing with broken ribs. Yeah. Like he so, shouldn't be right. Yeah. I know Eckler has been great over the past couple of weeks for this chargers team, but there's just something about the Seattle Seahawks team. They just kind of have that it factor. They're, they're very scrappy. They're always in the game. Geno Smith is making all the right reads uh, on offense. He's really commanding the offense very well. I think we also got to give uh, credit to Pete Carroll for what they've been able to do so far this season. The question I've been coming up is that it wasn't a Russell Wilson problem when he was there with the Seahawks last or over the past couple of seasons, or has it just been that there's a new wave of players coming in for the Seattle Seahawks team that they're looking, you know, above average or better than what a lot of us were expecting coming into the season. I, I think it's a combination of both, but do you have any thoughts on that? Do you think it was Russell Wilson that was holding his offense back or, or maybe it's just a combination that there's some new players on this offense or on this team that just are better than what they have before. I think the problem that a lot of people have is trying to remember exactly what happened in the past. And they try to take what happened now and use some revisionist history. Wilson carried that damn team to the playoffs for so many years. And people just don't respect it anymore because he's been awful with Denver. They're completely unrelated situations. He was incredible on Seattle. 
There's no way around it. He was yeah. unbelievable. And the fact that he never got an MVP vote's a joke. But people yeah. always talk about the Legion of Boom, and they won a Super Bowl. Should have been two. You had the pass of the one-yard line. Yeah, we all know how that went. But still, <laughs> you look at Seattle's defense in the back half of the Legion of Boom era, it was really overrated. Earl Thomas got hurt all the time. Yeah. Sherman wasn't as good as he used to be, and Chancellor got hurt all the time as well. That defense really wasn't as good as people think it was. Wilson was so damn good. And I think what really hurt him in the back half was Doug Baldwin retiring. Yeah. Baldwin was great. And yeah. I feel like people forget just how good Baldwin was. But no, I think I just think they have a lot of talent. It's also the offensive line. Wilson played behind a bottom five offensive line basically his entire time in Seattle. Mm-hmm. The offensive line's actually decent now, and yeah. they actually drafted to help the offensive line. I think that's the big story. I think the story is that the actual offensive line got better, but I'm not going to change Wilson's past because he's been awful with Denver. Like, give sure. me a break. Guy, guys, yeah. he was incredible on Seattle. He's a future Hall of Famer. This isn't really a discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So kind of back to the, the the game here. I just think that that Seattle, Seattle, I think that has been looking. Do you agree the about the Wilson stuff, by the way? I, I do. I think that. You watched him a lot. I did watch him a lot. He was incredible. He was. And I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head is that he wasn't able to get that MVP um he didn't get really, a vote yeah and i think that was crazy to see i mean if you kind of just go down his stats not only i don't even care about like his passing stats but i think they ever since block he, anyone and yeah even though the, even since he entered the league i think last season when his last season with seattle i think that was the only season where they didn't finish with a record above 500 or a winning record and he was uh, good before he got hurt he got hurt he rushed yeah. himself back and the screw yeah. in the finger and that kind of yeah. went off the rails but before yeah. the injury, he was playing well. Yeah. And but, that's why he was always in MVP conversations, and rightfully so, because he was so so good with you know with Seattle. Now, right now, we don't know what it is right now. Is he dealing with a significant shoulder issue? Is just as a combination of having a bad head coach and a, a new uh quarterback in Denver. There's you know, working through the growing pains. Is that what it is? It's because a bit they, of everything. Yeah, they have talent on that Denver roster. There's no doubt with Cortland Sun, Jerry, Judy, and, and those guys on the offensive side. But yeah, I mean, kind of getting off track here. But getting back to the game, yeah, I mean, look, Seattle plus five and a half. I, I you know, we talked about it last week. We were on them. I'm, we go back to the well as well. Five plus five and a half. I think you know makes me nervous when Brian. I don't know what I'm going to get out of Brent Staley. When you're supposed to kick the field goal, he doesn't. When you're supposed to go for it, he doesn't. When you're not supposed to go for it, he does. So. I think that this is – I can't trust the head coach like you mentioned. So, you know, and, and again, what we've seen from Seattle so far, they've looked more than comparable uh, so far this season despite only being 3-3 three and three against the spread. But um, – The Chargers almost lose to the Browns. Yeah. The Browns are awful. Yeah, even last week, like you mentioned, it against the Denver Broncos as well. Um, thoughts on the total here, Scott? Oh, this one's tricky. I – do I think Seattle actually turned a corner defensively, or did they just face off against Cliff Kingsbury? I think I'm gonna go. With the, I'm gonna go with the over in this yeah. one. Uh, I think that at the end of the day, the Chargers' defense has improved. They're still missing a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Seattle's defense, I think, is susceptible for giving up long passing plays, and with yeah. Allen potentially being back, that's big. And we know Metcalf, Lockett might not play, which might hurt. But I still think Eskridge has some speed. I think they got some other options that are underrated. So I'll go with the over. Give me some points. Worst case is Seattle runs it down their throat for 130 yards. Yeah. I think Walker um, could break one for 70. It wouldn't surprise me. And he, I mean, he has that uh, ability as well, mm-hmm. which leads to the uh, 
props in this game. I'll, I'll see if they have Kenneth Walker listed here yet. They better have him. 67 and a half right now. Over. I think he goes for a hundo. Yeah. Um, anything else you like in this game as far as player props? I think the Metcalf situation is interesting for this matchup because Lockett might not play, but you also have Jackson who's back, who's a very good corner. I'm assuming mm-hmm. we I'm assuming we expect Jackson to be matched up on DK, correct? Yes. And DK did nothing last week against Arizona. No, he didn't. And he's on my fantasy team, which kind of hurts. He's on my he team too. Really two good weeks prior to that. Do you think that Seattle still gives him a ton of opportunity in this matchup? Or do you think they will mostly stick with the ground game and you're leading to the under? Because 63 and a half kind of seems high to me for Metcalf. Am I am I wrong for thinking that? No, I, I think that, it, that, again, like you mentioned, they do have Jackson back. He will probably be matched up on on uh, DK Metcalf there. And then we don't – I do see props listed for uh, Tyler Lockett. But I I'm think assuming the, he's going to play and he's just not practicing the entire week. So yeah. that would be my guess. But So one other name that does kind of stick out to me is Marquise Goodwin. Um, he's only listed here at 15 and a half. I know last week – I mean, he only got two targets or two catches for 26 yards. I don't think he played any. I'm not sure if he played in that Detroit game, but prior to that, he had 20, 31 yards on five targets against the Falcons. Um, so I, I think uh, something maybe for to keep, for us to keep an eye on the injury report if Tyler Lockett does go or if he doesn't go. So if he doesn't go, I do like Marquise Goodwin on the over 11 and a half. Uh, but that number will probably go up if he is announced out is Tyler Lockett. But um, yeah, that DK Metcalf one right now at 66 and a half. Um, let me take a look at the longest rush uh, attempt for. I was going to say, I might bench Metcalf this week. I, I still have to think about it, but I, I'm, I think I might be torn between DK and Jeff Wilson. And I think I might go Wilson for the touchdown upside go Wilson, and the yeah. matchup. So we'll uh, see. Kenneth Walker, longest Rush attempt is at 16 and a half. I like the over. Yeah, last two games he's had 34 against the Cardinals, 69 against the New Orleans Saints. He had 21 against the Falcons as well. So I think I like that over. Chargers give up a 70 yard carry to Eckler as well. Like they can't stop, they can't stop the run. Yeah. All right. Uh anything else for this game? Uh no, I think we covered it, but I like Seattle and I I'm gonna lean to the over. All right. Let's get over to the Sunday night football game. Uh, it's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers headed down to South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins. I'll be we watching are, something else. Yeah. <laughs> we are expecting Tua to be the starter for this game. Uh, currently, the Dolphins are laying a touchdown in this game, minus seven as the home favorite. Currently, the total is sitting at 45 over on win bet. Money line plus 250 for the Steelers, minus 310 for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, getting over to the injury report, let's start with the visiting team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Pat, Pat Fairmouth concussion was a full participant for the Steelers. He should be back this week. Chris Wormley, defensive tackle, questionable. Uh, Mason Cole, the center, questionable. James Daniels, uh, guard, questionable. Mika Fitzpatrick, um, questionable, but appears likely he is going to play in week seven. Miles Jack uh, is on the injury report. He is questionable, but I think that he is going to be a go as well. Uh, For the Miami Dolphins, um, let's see here. 
Greg Little offensive tackle is questionable. Uh, we are expecting Tua to be back under center. Ray Mostert running back questionable with a knee injury. He was a limited participant on Wednesday. Jalen Waddle dealing with a shoulder issue. He was a limited participant on Wednesday at practice as well for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Christian Wilkins defensive tackle questionable as well. Jerome Baker. Uh, and that is pretty much it. So a lot of questionable tags there for the Miami Dolphins. Maybe check on Friday once the uh, injury reports are official. But, Scott, uh, let's start with the side here on the spread. The Dolphins laying a touchdown against this Pittsburgh Steelers team led by Kenny Pickett. So for this one, Pittsburgh had a very nice win against Tampa Bay last week. Uh, I do think that even though the Steelers won, they're not exactly a good football team. Having said that, how the hell am I supposed to lay seven with Miami here? I don't know. I am not doing that. I am not going to do that because I saw Pittsburgh pressure Tom Brady frequently, and they got to him. And I do think they can get to Tua. I'm also not sure Tua survives to the end of the game. So I think that there's a chance that maybe he gets hurt. We'll see what happens. But the fact that Tua is coming back after a couple weeks off from a concussion, it's not just about the physical injury. It's about the mental aspect of it, which is, is he going to be scared to really just hang in the pocket and take a hit? I think he might. And I think if you're talking about trying to buy your receivers an extra couple seconds because you see a defensive lineman charging at you, I got to assume that's going to be in Tua's mind. Sure. He he might be willing to throw the ball away faster because he doesn't want to actually get hit, Mm -hmm. which I think could impact the game plan for the overall team. Give Pittsburgh plus the points. I like what I saw last week, and I think this game is very ugly. It's a very good Mike Tomlin type game where he's in an underdog role. A lot of people think the team stinks, rightfully so. The team's not very good. But I think it's a good spot for the Steelers to outplay their projections. I don't like Tomlin because as a favorite, he's terrible, and he plays down to his competition. But when his team is underdogs, he actually does well. I think it's a good spot for Tomlin and the Steelers to get going here. I don't mind the money line, but I'll take the points instead. I like the under. I see a really ugly primetime game once again. Yeah, uh, kind of take a look at um, what you just mentioned. I'll start with the uh, the referee in this game, Scott Novak, uh, from the my uh, referee report. Uh, so far this season, road teams are four and two straight up, and five and one against the money line. Home favorites are one and four against the spread so far, and road underdogs are four and one against the spread. So. One thing that's in favor right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers is the, uh, at least from the ref report, Scott Novak favors the road teams. And yeah, you mentioned, I think that exactly what you said about Tua, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mental thing, right? That, Hey, if I get hit again, you know, am I, and if I hit the ground again, am I going to suffer another concussion, which possibly could end the season for him? Um, Cause he's in that type of situation. We saw how scary it was when he got hit in that game on Thursday night football, or he had no business being out there for the uh, Miami Dolphins. Um, and again, they're dealing with injuries as well, right? I mean, let's say Jalen Waddle isn't even going to go in this game. He's still dealing with that shoulder issue. Raheem Mostert, their running back, uh, also dealing with an injury as well. And it feels like that this Steelers team, what you just mentioned, is that they do thrive in that underdog role, especially under Mike, Tom- uh, Mike Tomlin. The numbers do back it up, right? We, I think it's been talked about a lot how good he is as an underdog uh, in these games. And talk about Kenny Pickett. I think it's taken him a little bit to get up to game speed at the professional level for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think as he gets more reps uh, on the football field, he's going to obviously get better and better. 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But yeah, I think the game plan in this game might be a lot of Najee Harris for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know that defensive front is pretty good for the Miami Dolphins, but I think that he's allegedly healthy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, (laughs) allegedly. Right. Um, So I think we might see a lot of the running game here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And like you mentioned, you know, probably long drives for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, leading to the clock ticking, which kind of leads me to liking the under 45 in this game here as well, Scott, but uh, thoughts on the total Uh, for this one. I'm going with the under. Yeah, I don't exactly trust either offense. Two, I still don't like the arm strength or the lack thereof. And once again, I'm concerned that he might be a little bit scared to take some hits and to actually take some shots down the field. I expect a very conservative game plan. Mm -hmm. Miami knows if he gets hurt again, the whole organization is going to get fired. So I expect a lot of handoffs early, a lot of really safe play calling, very vanilla stuff. And I think that eventually maybe you could find a big play I think it's going to be a short pass that gets broken by either Hill or Waddle. Mm-hmm. But based on both quarterbacks and the game plans that they should be running in this game, I see a lot of really short passes and handoffs. So I like the under. Yeah, right there with you under uh, uh, under this game as well. Um, player props in this game, uh, what are you looking at? If so f- for the player props, I am going to take uh, Trubisky interception. I do think that with Howard back in the lineup, we know he's an absolute demon when it comes to interception. So I do think he could be hawking, so to speak. And I know Trubisky played well in relief, but we've seen him play for several years. We know that he is, well, not very good. And first of all, let's assume for a second that Pickett is actually cleared from concussion protocol. Mm -hmm. Would you still be starting Pickett because Trubisky won you the game last week? No, I'd probably go with uh, MVP Mitch. I I probably would too, because I'm asking. Yeah. I'm asking because I see a book has has picket interception. Yes, is minus yeah. one seventy five. Right, and no is plus one thirty. I think Trubisky should start. I'm just gonna say it. I think yeah. Trubisky's better than Kenny Pickett. So, I mean, that's how I look at it. So I'm looking at maybe interception props for Mitch, but it, whether Pickett's quarterback or not, I still like the under. Uh, I do think if you want to look for any other props, I don't see many available because we don't know about Tua's full status and everything like that. Uh, do you want to make a case for any of the receivers? I don't mind Najee Harris over 14 and a half receiving yards. I guess yeah. some checkdowns in this one. Uh, 100%. Uh, that's what I was going to pull up right now was the receiving numbers are for both of these teams. Let me see here. Like you mentioned, yeah. 14 and a half. That's a little low for Najee Harris, don't you think? I think it is. I know receiving-wise, he hasn't been great this year, but now he's allegedly healthy, so he was playing through an injury for the first couple of weeks. But you, want, you can go for rush attempts if you want. I see Harris at 12 and a half. He's got, I mean, yeah, that he's might gone, be worth the shot there. Yeah, over in every single one of the games except against Buffalo. And they were you know, put in that passing situation because they got down early in that game. They're down 30, basically, at the half. Yeah, so yeah. I like the over on Harris attempts, too. The game plan for both coaches should be don't screw this up. I think it'll be a low-scoring game because of it. I see a lot of handles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I like that rush attempts for uh, Nashi Harris uh, in this game. I think the I think uh, again, if it is, depending on who the quarterback is, if I do see Kenny Pickett, I think it will be. You're right. It's probably a lot of checkdowns or handoffs mm-hmm. uh, to Nashi Harris. So it might be a Nashi Harris game this week. All right. Anything else for this game, Scott? Before we get into our lock and dog? No, nothing more. To All right. Before we get into our lock and dog for these afternoon games, let me tell you guys about Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. 
Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone, plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. Last but not least, we're also brought to you by Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books and get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all your games and betting activity. So to take advantage of this, all you got to do is go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, Scott, let's close it out strong here, my man. Um, let's finish it up with our lock and dog. I'll give you the floor first here, bud. Lock and dog for this uh, week seven uh, afternoon games. So going to go back to the Jets and Broncos game here. It's actually a play we didn't talk about. It's going to be the Broncos team total, and it's currently a 19 and a half. Uh, are they playing eight quarters in this game? I'm going with the under. Uh, how are they supposed to get to 20 points? Like, I don't this, think 12 be enough. I was going to say, this offense <laughs> is awful, and now Wilson's even more hurt than he was previously, and he already wasn't very good. Uh, I think Russ is going to play probably not well, but the Jets' defense has been great this season. The secondary has been incredible. The defensive line's been good. Quan Alexander's been a great linebacker for this team. They signed him late. He's been great paired up with uh, with Mosley. And I do think you'll end up seeing the Jets' defense really dominate the game because the Broncos' offensive line's banged up. Their receivers are fine, but I like the secondary once again. And Wilson's been awful. So the idea that they're going to score basically three touchdowns in this game is crazy to me. Yep. I mean, I'm trying to think how does he get to 20. I mean, you get two touchdowns and two field goals, but that involves Denver moving the ball into scoring position four separate times. Or I'm not sure that's going to happen. <laughs> Wilson might be able to gift you one if he throws a pick in his own territory, but yeah. at the end of the day, I just think this number's too high. I'm going to keep fading Denver. They've scored a less than, I believe it's 17 points in five of their first six games. And now they face off against a top 10 defense in the league. <laughs> Give me the under 19 and a half for a team total. I think that number's crazy. Yeah, they've scored 16-9. They had 23 in a loss against the Raiders, and then they scored a whole 10 – or sorry, 11 points against the uh, San Francisco 49ers in their victory. Yeah, I like that. Uh, under 19.5 for the Denver Broncos team. Toto, what do you got for your dog? My dog is going to be the Seahawks. Uh, I mentioned them before. Uh, I just think it's a good spot for them. I think that after beating Arizona, we've discovered that Seattle is very, very, let's just say, feisty. And they're not willing to lay down. Pete Carroll does a good job of getting his team up for games. And I think Staley stinks as a coach. I mentioned it in the Sun. I mentioned it in the uh, Monday night preview last week. Mm-hmm. Ended up sweeping in that. But I, I mentioned how I talked briefly with Dylan about how uh, you know it's a it's a foregone conclusion that Hackett's going to get fired at the yeah. end of the year. But I also threw in I think Staley should get fired too because I think he's a terrible head coach. So the idea that a terrible head coach is laying five and a half against Pete Carroll, I think is tempting on its own. Gino's been good this year. Herbert's still banged up. The offensive line's banged up. I have a lot of questions, especially on a short week. Once again, they barely beat the Broncos. It's a serious problem. I'm going to take the Seahawks on the money line. 
I think they have a good shot to win the game. If I was pricing it myself, I'd have it at about three. Yeah, I agree. Again, I think there's just way too much talent on this uh, Chargers team for this team to be that bad or this bad. It's all um, coaching. Yeah, and it really is. You're right. So, all right. So, uh, lock for Scott, Broncos team total under, and then his dog is going to be the Seattle Seahawks on the money line, currently sitting at plus 205. All right, uh, for my uh, lock, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs this week, minus two and a half. Probably a little chalkier or maybe the public side here, but I just think that, again, coming off of a loss, uh, that the Kansas City Chiefs, if they play from ahead, we talked about it, it's going to be difficult for the 49ers, especially on the on the shoulders of Jimmy Garoppolo, to lead them back uh, having to throw the football. So if they do get up two possessions in this game, I think the game plan for them is for the Chiefs should be coming in to score as many, as many points as early as possible and make the 49ers play from behind um, and having to force and make Jimmy Garoppolo beat you is, pr- is pretty much what the formula should be for the Chiefs. So I'm going to take them as my lock at minus two and a half. For my dog, uh, I did like the Seahawks as well. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers, plus 250. Uh, I think that this is an opportunity for them to go into Miami in South Beach with the, especially the injuries that they are dealing with on the offensive side. With Tua being back, we talked about where is his mentality going to be after suffering those, you know, concussions and the and the head injuries over the, you know, we saw what, a couple weeks ago. And it might just be a conservative game plan for the Miami Dolphins and do whatever they can to protect Tua. Uh, I know Raheem Mostert is on the uh, injury report. Jalen Waddell is dealing with a shoulder issue. I think he'll still be able to go. But I think that this Pittsburgh Steelers team is scrappy, especially on the defensive side. We would love to have TJ Watt, but I think that they, there's enough on this team for them to give Fitz his Miami Dolphins uh, offense. And hopefully for odds sake, we talked about that maybe it's Mitch Trubisky that does get the start uh, for them. And I think he gives them the better chance to win uh, right now, uh, especially, you know, hopefully we see Najee Harris have a big game like we talked about uh, as well. So I think it'll be a conservative game plan. It's going to be a very ugly game. Uh, so I'll take the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 250 on the money line as my dog for these afternoon games here, Scott. Yeah, I personally didn't realize as well that the Jets were technically even money. Yeah, they're an I underdog. Like, I like oh. them too, but I mean, I gave it the team total under. I could have just picked the same game twice, but I also like the Jets to win. So I'm going to throw that out there too. Yeah, Jets oh. alternate line might be something worth a look as well. Um, maybe like a minus one or a minus two and a half if you're yeah. able to find that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I I said I think they'll win twenty to ten, so I yeah. think you can you can alt it up pretty high, but it's going to be an ugly game. Yeah, a uh, couple of teaser options in this game as well, right? You could tease up the Jets to plus seven, and then the Raiders down to uh, minus one. I think that's a good teaser uh, yeah. as well. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast, NFL Week Seven, the afternoon games plus the Sunday night football game. Scott, any other thoughts uh, for this week seven uh, schedule in the NFL? Not really. Looking forward to some good games. Uh, Hopefully we keep it rolling here in the NFL. Uh, Basically it, not looking forward to the Steelers, Dolphins, or seeing Mac Jones, who's back against the Bears. So, yeah, not many great primetime games this week. Uh, We gave it a good run. Hopefully the Thursday night game's good. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so too. Um, Yeah. Definitely not going to be watching Sunday night football. I'll say that much. Maybe I'll have it on the smaller screens. Hopefully we have some NBA in action on Sunday night. I'll have um, something on the Patriots, but I won't watch it again. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Make sure to follow uh, Scott on Twitter at Reich Radio. Make sure to subscribe 
to all the pods he does, the Tennis Gambling Podcast, WNBA, I know it's in the offseason. Of course, the NBA Gambling Podcast and the NFL Gambling Podcast here as well. Follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Make sure to get into that merch store, 15% off by using promo code NFCBEAST. I know the Eagles, I think they're on, yeah, they're on a bye week this week, I believe, but I know the Giants are heading down to uh, Florida to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, they're underdogs. Yeah, and they're underdogs in that game, which that line makes no sense to me, but you know that's a separate conversation. Um, yeah, make sure to get with the website. A lot of great content happening, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All right, we will talk to you guys next week. Till then, good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride.